Guys, what's going on? You know, I'm on a roll. This is my third podcast today. And as you know, I just read the articles that I've already written. This is my third one in a row. I plan on releasing the entire third season sometime by the end of the week. And I'm super stoked about it. This one is a personal article, like many of mine are. Uh, But it ties back to career. Uh, It's called You're Good for Nothing. And the cover image I chose is really probably my favorite picture of my wife and I easily. It was uh, during November. I had this incredibly thick and just, can I say, just sexy mustache. Uh, And my wife just looks like she always does, just absolutely incredible. And You're Good for Nothing, as you will hear, is inspired by uh, my pastor who told the story about being good for nothing. So... Here we go. And one other thing I want to add. You hear music playing in the background. I am such a sucker for the movie music called the the scores in the background when you watch movies. Sometimes I might actually just like a movie because the score is so so good. Uh, This one in particular is the score to Ozark, the show Ozark, just in case you're wondering. So here we go. You're good for nothing. Many of us would like to believe that we should be compensated for being great, but in reality, if you want to be great, you need to start being good for nothing. I'm going to paraphrase a short story from Shaken out of Chapter 5 from Tim Tebow's book. There's a short, excuse me, there's a story about a newborn baby who desperately needed a new heart or wouldn't survive. So at the tender age of nine weeks, this baby, named Garrett, was given a second chance at a normal life. Garrett received a heart transplant. At age five now, Garrett had grown into a little boy who was full of life. Until one day, Garrett came home from kindergarten complaining of stomach pains. It turned out Garrett would be diagnosed with a rare form of lymphoma, which typically develops as the result of a heart transplant at such a young age. Once again, Garrett survived, defeating cancer at only age six. Can you imagine that? Six years, he had a heart transplant and survived cancer. You may think after all Garrett had been through, what else could ever go wrong? Well, at age 16, Garrett's, once again, heart failed him, and yet again, would require another transplant to survive. Put yourself in the position of these parents. Let me take a, a, a step a step back here for a second. Not only are you Garrett and everything you've been through, but imagine being the parents. I mean, I can't. Faced with certain death without a match, Garrett and his family hoped, wished, and prayed for a new heart to be found for their son. Their prayers were met with guilt as they knew in order for Garrett to have another shot at life, someone else would have to lose theirs. And that is exactly what happened. Garrett found a heart at the last minute. He was given another shot at life with a miracle as the news of a matching heart was on its way. With guilt and blind ambition, knowing that His extended life was the result of someone's ended life. Garrett sought to meet the parents of the woman, Amanda, whose death made it possible 
for him to live. So Garrett went on a mission to find her parents to thank them, and when he did, exactly one year later, Garrett gave Amanda's mother a gift that she will never forget as long as she lives. In a very emotional meeting, Garrett pulled out a stethoscope and asked Amanda's mother if she would like to hear Amanda's beating heart. With tears in her eyes, Amanda's mother whispered, I love you, into Garrett's chest. One could say that Garrett is an incredible human being, and possibly that Garrett was good for nothing. Being good for nothing defined. Now, being good for nothing has positive and negative connotations. There are some things that we can do that simply don't help anyone or anything in any way. Those things are good for nothing. To give you a frame of reference, let me you know, take the tears out of your eyes here for a second, maybe. To give you a frame of reference, in 1998, the Minnesota Vikings were the best team in the NFL and the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Not just go to the Super Bowl, I'm talking win the Super Bowl. The Vikings' place kicker was Gary Anderson. <laughs> he didn't miss a single field goal attempt that entire season until the NFC Championship game where he missed the one kick that counted. One could say that Gary was good for nothing. That's such a bad joke, but <laughs> you can get a sense of the way I operate. <laughs> Vikings drive me crazy. On a side note, I could also make a strong case for my so-called financial advisor. Okay, I'm going to dive in here. My financial advisor, let me tell you, a lot of promises. Not anymore, I got a new one. But this guy, let me tell you, just whew, a lot of things. You know what? Not going to get into it. Let's get off the negative train. Then there, are the, then there are those things that we can do that are incredibly generous, that have an impact on someone where we don't expect anything in return. Those things are also good for nothing. Like Garrett. In the job interview process, the question usually comes up of where you'll be in five years or what your short or long-term goals are. The answers are typically the same. I want to make a lot of money. I want to be the boss. I want to own a Range Rover. I wonder what I was thinking when I wrote this because I have no idea why I wrote I want to own a Range Rover. I don't want to own a Range Rover, just FYI. The answers are always, they always reflect metrics that are directly related to success but rarely that of significance the difference between the two is super simple success is what you talk about at your high school reunion significance is what they say about you at your funeral and this goes without saying but i'm pretty sure none of us has ever witnessed a u-haul hitched to the back of a hearse that's a cliche i mean maybe not when i wrote this but now it's like you can't take it with you Transaction versus conversion. Think about what you used to think of sales and all the cheesy, overused cliches that went along with the word. Just another sales guy with a hidden agenda, leaving the buyer feeling like a crumpled up receipt of meaningless transactions. Back to my financial advisor. He had so many great promises. Look, I said I was going to stop talking about him, but here I wrote about him and I didn't read ahead, but here we are. He had so many great promises. He listened to all my needs, 
right up until the moment I signed the contract. Hadn't heard from him since. Pretty sure I was a transaction. Sidebar. I found out like two years later that he had sold my business to the next guy. And all along, I thought I was still with him. So when I called to tell him, hey, pack sand, he's like, Derek, I called you to tell you that I was leaving and you had an option to come with me. And I'm like, wow, I really mean so much to you that you don't even remember having that conversation. Because let me ask you guys a question. If somebody called you to talk about your money, would you remember that conversation? You're damn right you'd remember that conversation. But he wanted to tell me that we had that conversation. And even though I've been sober for eight years, and this happened when I was sober, I must have been pretty messed up when we had that conversation because it never happened. Whew. Sorry, guys. i got to take a smoke break. Think about how you view marketing. Cool, savvy, intelligent. But have you ever thought you may just be a conversion? There are keywords and backlinks strategically placed in blogs and clever emails that get you to download something get you to convert from a prospect to a lead and bam congrats you're part of a workflow i recently came across a blog that had counted seven images telling me to click here i'm not going to tell you where i saw that <laughs> the keywords got me to the content and the subject line got me to open it and the click here images better known as the call to actions or ctas made me feel unclean because the content flat out sucked. Sometimes the thought of PD comes to mind when I think about poor souls that are duped into clicking here. I just thought he was real quiet. If you don't understand the Dumb Dumber reference, then I don't know what how this is going to work. But let me segue right into the second part of the Dumb and Dumber reference. And tonight, a story about a blind Rhode Island boy who was duped into buying a dead bird. Meanwhile, Mary Swanson sips her coffee in disgust, wondering, Who are these sick people? Let's move on. Okay. Connection. Our job as professional salespeople or marketers is simple. It's to connect what we do with someone who can use it. The key word for those of us in marketing is connect. If your agenda revolves around a tactic for, transic for transaction or conversion, then your connection isn't worth anything, or rather, it's held, up under, it's held up under false pretenses. In anything we do, our success will grow the more we see and are seen by others, and our significance will undoubtedly be unveiled to us by how we respond to that success, and ultimately, how we impact the lives of others. Oftentimes, we forget we are actual humans and we separate work from life or life from work. Why? Is it that we are all doctors on the panel about to tell Patch he can't be a doctor? There's a video of Patch Adams here that, I mean, come on, it's Robin Williams. You should definitely watch it. There's a link in this article to that video. With connection, it's really simple. What is it about someone that inspires you to engage with them? Is it what they do? Where they go to school? A song? A movie? A book? The weather? Maybe it's a blog? Or maybe it's a video? Whatever it is, drop the let's grab coffee line or the can we schedule a quick meeting email and remember the advice your mother gave you when you first got dumped in the 8th grade. If it was really meant to be, then they're going to come back. Just give it all away. And try being good for nothing. I dare you. 
Let's move on. A call to action. You're making endless cold calls. You're social selling. And, you know, this article was read several years ago, so now it's hybrid selling because somebody had to figure out that they need to use social media at the start of the pandemic and didn't know how to do it. Dad. Sorry. Here I am getting bitter again. You're creating wonderful lead nurturing campaigns. You're promoting your content on someone else's website. Or maybe you're standing there with your hand out. Try giving someone your time. To you, time may be perceived as money, but to the person receiving your time, it may be significant. Bob Goff, this is a sidebar, always says, we have an unlimited amount of advice, but we only have a limited amount of time. In the game of life, we can live without success, but we certainly don't want to die without significance. Have you ever been to a restaurant while you're placing your order, see someone else have their food delivered to the table and think, man, that looks good. Well, here's my closer. In that situation, I just think about, you know, this. Excuse me. I'll have what he's having. I got a video here of Usher on Sesame Street. And I close it out with, hi, my name is Derek. What's your name? So here we are. We're at the end of the article. This article has several different links in it and a few different videos. So I would recommend if you like this article or you find yourself a bit lost, there are several bullet points that I walked through as I read this to you. I would encourage you to click on the link and you'll have some of those resources. But regardless, thank you so much for tuning in to Disruptors Podcast, where I just simply read articles I've already written. And until next time, which is going to be in five minutes, deuces.